My name is Rachel Peru and I'm a 50-year-old grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career age 46 modelling and on social media I found so many women, inspiring and amazing women over 40 who were really embracing their midlife and helping to break down the stereotypical barriers. I really wanted to share these stories with you, so let's celebrate and firmly place a spotlight on women over 40. My weekly reminder that you are not invisible and it's never too late to try something new. So welcome back to another episode of Out of the Bubble Podcast. My name is Rachel Peru and today we're going to be talking about a subject that's very close to my heart and that is the menopause and it affects so many women across the the world and um, there's still such a lack of resources and information out there for women. So today's guests are really making a huge impact in that area and have created something that's so fantastic and I can't wait to see how it grows. The Gen M is a platform that really offers so many resources, information, and is really championing women through the menopause and perimenopause. So today I'm going to be talking to Sam Sinister and Heather Jackson, who are the founders of Gen M. So good morning, Sam and Heather. Thank you so much for both joining me this morning. How are you both? Absolutely brilliant, and it's great to be included on this. And I don't know when it's going out, but it's a beautiful sunny day today. So life doesn't get better than a Monday and it being sunshiny. So I think we're on for a good recording today. So definitely, and it's a subject close to my heart. You know, we are really any opportunity to start start talking about the menopause. I think is so important. I know a lot of the listeners that listen to it out of the bubble podcast. It's a subject that really is important to them. So I can't wait to get this conversation going. To to our listeners who don't know anything about Heather and Sam, how do you kind of describe yourselves? Heather, do you want to go first? No, absolutely. I'll, I'll go first on that one. Well, you know, purposeful, persistent, and absolutely just a dog with a bone when it comes to actually wanting to make, once, once I know something needs to change and actually it, it has to be done. It's, it's not, I've never been a sit on the fence person. It's just absolutely drive something forward and get it there come hell or high water and um yeah i think you know for me that that's my character and and, and that's what i've done in my past um like i say never sitting on the fence if you believe something and it needs to be changed get on with it you know i've got a, a big message up that there's a you know on, on my board on, on the other side of the office that says there's some people want things to happen there's there's those that would like things to happen and then there's those that make it happen i've completely put myself in there you know, make it happen campaign box. And uh, yeah. should I die doing this and it not have happened, I'll be very, very, very disappointed. But Sam, Sam, totally different character to me, but with the very same principles. I'll let Sam describe herself, move on from there. Fabulous. I love that. So Sam, how would you describe yourself? In, impatient, I think, <laughs> is one of those uh, one of those uh, qualities that maybe not the phrase to mind. No, I'm purposeful. I, I've only ever worked for purposeful businesses and everything I do has to have a reason and I'm really responsible I you know I, I like to leave things better than I find them and certainly in this menopause space uh, there's an awful lot that we can do to uh, to make it better for for women today and those those younger women following up from behind us but you know I work for a pretty entrepreneurial business and have done for quite some years now and we have got a fantastic poster up in our office which is a picture of the head, the brain, with yes in the middle and thousands of no bubbles. And I think Gen M is very much that for me. You know, I have definitely got the yes bit between my teeth when everyone else is saying, no, there there has to be a better way of supporting 
people experiencing menopause and uh, that's that's very much why why I'm involved and why I'm doing it and why I'm passionate about it. You both are the perfect combination, aren't you? I love that. You know, persistent and impatient. That's a great team. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody that doesn't know about Gen M, you know, how do you describe what Gen M is? And it's it's really is leading the way now in the menopause conversation. I love it. Well, Gen M, it's 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 all about making um, the experience better today than tomorrow, than yes, than tomorrow, than than yesterday. It's a one-stop site that actually it's been created for time-poor, busy people for whom the menopause is often the hit by it unprepared, and at a time in life where you know it's the most inconvenient time of our life, and we can talk about our both both Sam and I's experience of of which I'm sure every woman that you've got listening will actually go, yep, that's me and everything else. But quite frankly, we felt that, you know, right now for two women who were perimenopausal and menopausal, it was a disparate marketplace. The website, the internet is where women go to actually source out and people in trans, uh, you know, go to source source what they need and what, what's happening to them. And quite frankly, you know, in a world where we get Amazon orders by tomorrow morning, we expect to be able to find results now and, and move on. We expect to be able to buy products now and move on. If you've ever tried really searching on the menopause for how to alleviate yourself through through this, it was just disparate. So we decided that we felt that if we were being knocked by something as time, you know, time inefficient as what was happening, every other woman was. And quite frankly, in my previous business, whereas you know I, I was an entrepreneur, but I set up a corporate company to actually support women from middle management to the executive take more take, take their careers forward and right now I you know I work for 15,000 women 150 global companies it's how I met Sam she was one of my role models and in the early days of it and um, actually what we've done is we've got ourselves as women to a great place in life where finally we've been accepted as this, if we've got the skills the talent the capabilities the connections we can take our careers forward why then would we let ourselves be knocked over by a bus that we didn't see coming when we're at the height of our careers we're at a point where we should be having a phenomenal release part of our life that we were going to get knocked by something i didn't even know about the word perimenopause never mind what it did and quite frankly the results of it are debilitating when quite you know both sam and i believe that women deserve better we need better you know you, you originally when we were we were looking to talk to you you were asking us why did we set gen m up and mm -hmm. we were set up it wasn't inspiration it was absolutely frustration desperation and the recognition that we needed to do much more on this and it wasn't just about talking about it it was about signposting it was about guiding us to to, to solutions and having choice, we live in a world of choice and control. And actually, every woman's menopause is different to anybody else's. And so we wanted to give informed choice, whether you want to do HRT, whether you want to do natural, whether you wanted to build your own ecosystem and support it that way. It was about actually building somewhere that women could feel that they could enter it and go, wow, found where I need to be. And now I know that where I go from here will lead me to anywhere. And our working title for, men, for, for the Gen M was Moogle. We wanted to be the search engine of the menopause. Anyone wanting it would come to us and then we'd traffic you off. And that's our global platform working title now. We will become Moogle. We will be that support kit, that compendium of the old days of encyclopedia that can be journeyed with any woman transfer, tra traversing through the menopause or anyone wanting to support her throughout that entire period of time. And um, quite frankly, you know, 
two years on from the idea that Sam and I conceived together, I would have absolutely just cried. I would have just been so happy to have a, a resource that we've created. And we're only at beta stage. We haven't, we're, we're actually, as we're talking to you, Rachel, we're only in beta stage. We've only launched the first part of our site. We actually, we, we, we've gone live, but we're completely fully launched in June. And that's the really exciting, the global platform and everything else. So um, that in a nutshell is where we're at today. And um, I hope many of your, your, your listeners and your, and, and your followers will actually give us that chance to realize we've got their back. This isn't just about women talking about it. This is helping you walk it. Because quite frankly, I'm bored. I'm tired of people all getting face in magazines that just talk menopause. It's about the so what? What is it to help anybody else? And where do I go? And you don't just have to go to the doctors. You want to go into your Marks and Spencers. You want to go into your boots. You want to go into brands that you've supported all your lives and actually feel like, they're with you all the way on this journey as well so that's where we're at at this moment and then um, but I think if I pass you on to Sam she'll be able to tell you much more about her menopause experience in particular which got us to where we're going today with why it's so important why we did the invisibility report as well so um, brilliant I mean you're you so on. passionate about it but I also what I love about it is you are very much business orientated so you are really coming at this in such a professional way and allowing resources from all other areas to come together in one place is going to be fantastic and really powerful so I, I really love what you're doing I completely get your mission so Sam you know how was your experience of the menopause that led you to this <laughs> well I mean look I, you know like, like many many women I was woefully unprepared and I'm a bit embarrassed to say that if I'm honest you know I I've been a career girl all my life I I'm a scientist um, I, I like studying I like reading and I was just woefully unprepared I was actually running supply chain for innocent drinks at the time I was traveling globally had a massive team and the business was flying and um, the perimenopause hit me but I actually didn't know what it was and I was suffering from anxiety I was losing my confidence it was actually um, the hot sweats at night that really knocked me for six because I just wasn't sleeping so this might make you smile but being a scientist I just couldn't believe that there weren't garments out there and I am going back about three four years now mm. but there weren't you know garments out there that didn't make me feel like my granny that I could wear at night that would just wick away the sweat um hopefully this isn't too much detail for your <laughs> listeners but you know that's what i was looking for and i do a lot of exercise i know the technology exists in textiles because all of the garments we wear when we're exercising uh, wick away the sweat so i went into a famous retailer who i have been brand loyal to for many years and um i had a bit of a meltdown actually because i thought if anyone was going to have some PJs there that I could uh, see myself sleeping in to help me with the hot sweats. They would have them and there was nothing. So I thought, well, this is just not good enough. So I did my own research and uh, sourced my own fabric and I made my own prototypes. And I was actually starting to consider making my own sweat wicking pajamas and doing that as a bit of a sideline. But then when I was chatting to Heather, we realized that it was so much more than that. You know, there are 48 symptoms across perimenopause and menopause and hot flushes are one, sleeplessness, you know, another, but um, there are many, many more symptoms. And when we started to really explore, I've worked in FMCG, uh, fast moving consumer goods brands all my life. 
there are very, very few brands that even talk about this on their mm. websites. And they all talk about being responsible. They all talk about doing better for their consumer and making their consumers' lives better, but not one of them. Well, there might be the odd exception. I'm being very general with my statement, but the majority of them, uh, you put peri or menopause into their search engines, nothing. And Heather and I knew, because we were starting to explore, we knew that they had products in their portfolio that help with drying skin, that help with thinning hair, that help with brittle nails, that help with acne, all of these symptoms that women are experiencing. Um, and, you know, we couldn't understand why they just weren't mm. simply signposting them. We didn't think it was that difficult. So we are on a mission to get companies to truly stand up. And, and in order to do this, um, we knew that we needed a little bit more than two women in their 50s with great commercial instincts which is why we invested in our research. And yes. we wanted to have some credible, statistically significant research that backed up our instincts. Our instincts were strong. You know, we were speaking to our friends, to our network, to our colleagues. Everyone was saying the same, but we needed data. And our invisibility report, we're very proud of it. It has received fantastic engagement in fact the financial times uh, approached us to do a piece on us a couple of months back um, the data is really compelling it amplifies the voices of women in midlife importantly to heather and i and probably a bit of a relief 96 percent of those women said that a one-stop shop would be music to their ears that yeah. they would absolutely love that so thank god that's a big tick but just some stats here, you know, 94% of women going through the menopause said they would benefit more from society being more open about it. 87% said they would benefit from media and press being more vocal, but in the right way. As Heather said earlier, not just talking about it, signposting to solutions. And, excuse me, 93% also said that they would benefit from their partners having access to material that would make it easier for them to be more supportive, yeah. which is why our site isn't just for women and those transitioning menopause. It's created, designed in a way that helps a husband, a son, a daughter, a work colleague. And that's why we have the site designed as we do. I mean, it's knowledge is power, isn't it? And, and I'm, like, I'm like you both. When I went through perimenopause, I'd never even heard of perimenopause. I had no idea what it was. And I did feel like I'd woken up in somebody else's body. But I think it's it having that one-stop shop to be able to go and find out information about the symptoms, like you said, because it can affect us all so differently, but also then where to go for extra help and resources and to learn about it is it's going to be really powerful. What surprised you the most about the Invisible Report? Um, I, I think... For me, uh, and Heather H will have her views, I think it was how open women were and how ready women were to talk about it, because we know this is a taboo subject. But when we gave a woman the opportunity, it was almost like the floodgates came and it was the relief because the data really does speak for itself. We haven't got 5% or 10% of women. We've got women 80% of women, 90% of women, all saying the same thing. They're all demanding more. They're all demanding better. This is a societal issue. It is not a gender one. Mm. So they are saying, whether it's the workplace, 88% would like um, their employers to do more for them. 87% would like 
brands to do more for them. They absolutely want brands to be using uh, imagery and speaking to women in the right way. They don't want to be looking at women that are 30, 40 years younger and that they don't recognize. There's yeah. so much data in this report that, as I say, amplifies their voices. But I think what surprised me most was how open and ready women truly were because they want better education, they want signposting, they're done with feeling lonely and, um, you know, uh, lonely and anxious. Yeah. And it's now that, that women deserve the support. Absolutely. But, but, but equally, well, society deserves the, deserves the support as well on this because, you know, right now that is the problem. It is still being perceived as a women's issue and a women's conversation. Mm. And, you know, the fact that the highest divorce rate is uh, instigated in the last 10 years is by women in their 50s. Is, is one thing you know it's also the highest rate of suicides is in the women in their early 50s mm -hmm. so this has an impact on our relationships you know the biggest growing demographic in the workplace right now is women over 40 and actually and at the same time as that we're getting the results that because of the menopause it's impacting the, the career it's impacting the life and they're wondering whether they should be packing it in or is this for me so actually you know to think that menopause is a gender issue no it's affect everyone is impacted yeah. directly or indirectly and you know at a time in my life when i'd cashed in on my previous business i was going to i've been a single mother for god all my, my children's lives um, i built my business but actually this was going to be my thelma and louise time they were going to have left home for all the right reasons i was i'd cashed in i was finally going to have a, some money that i could actually feel it was mine and, and I wasn't going to have to worry about it. I was off to Kilimanjaro, Base Camp Everest, doing all the things that I wanted to do and had completely planned for it. And I was doing it all, but I was feeling, I was feeling so flat and overwhelmed and anxious. Mm. And when I kept coming back home, my kids weren't recognizing me. I was tearful, I was emotional. And I kept going to the doctor for fatigue. I kept going with, you know, um, they thought I'd got Graves disease. Then they thought I'd got cancer. Then they thought I'd got you know, dementia because of my brain fog was my, 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 my. but every time I kept coming home, they kept saying, are you having regular periods? And I kept saying yes. And they just kept moving me on from it. And to the point where they put me on antidepressants and I can remember coming out of the doctor thinking, well, that's great. I've got two kids who are loving their lives. They've left home for the right reasons. They're having great lives. I've got my money in the bank. I'm doing all the things I've ever wanted to do. And I've got to accept I'm depressed what the hell you know mm. if you'd look back in my life 15 years ago that was a reason to be depressed yeah. believe me you yeah. know right now i hadn't so and it was when i bumped into sam and we had lunch together and and i was crying and, I, and she said heather where's the confident woman that you were last this time last year and i said she's here but i don't know where she's gone and she said come out to portugal with me so i went went to portugal sam had work i just you know obviously i was i'd, I'd got the period to be able to do that and out there she said heather i don't think you're depressed i think you're perimenopausal well i'd never even heard the word mm -hmm. so when she went back in her office and i googled it on the sunbed it was such a relief to read what the symptoms of perimenopausal i got 22 22 out of the 33 yeah. symptoms it was like oh my god i'm not dying and actually now i know what i've got i can move this forward and that's when sam came out and i said sam i'm perimenopausal and and it was like she said well no chick sherlock but but mm. actually and i was like just leave me to it now i've got the internet my son had always said what can the internet what can you tell me what that the internet can't 
this was going to be my escape. I'd got three days in Portugal to put my perimenopause to right. And that's when we realised it was desperate. She came back out again eight hours later. It's like, oh, my God, if this is actually what life's like. One, the content's so dry, you don't, you know, it's like depressing. Secondly, you've got to keep bouncing off different sites and look at different things. Then I started to look into products and everything else. And I really felt I was going on the deep, dark internet to find, you know, pages down on things. And we just... It was over that period in in Portugal, and probably two two bottles of wine too too many, that we decided, hang on a minute, if this is affecting us, why would why, why wouldn't we change this for everybody else out there? So, I think that that was where it was. It was a societal issue, and both Sam and I, purposeful as we are, you know, we haven't got all this way to actually let ourselves and other women be run over by a bus, like mm-hmm. I said. The marathon, you know, I'm a big runner and, you know, I wouldn't dream of turning around to a girlfriend who spent the last five years, you know, watching Netflix and sitting on the settee and go to her tomorrow, let's run a marathon. She'd think I was absolutely ludicrous, but, you know, you need to be mentally, physically and emotionally prepared for a marathon. You need to eat the right things. You need to train hard. You've got to wear the right equipment, you know, the right shoes and everything else and, and, and train up. So why are we letting women enter the biggest marathon of their lives yeah. unprepared? Yeah. And that's that's the nutshell of it. You you know, a, a woman would not get off a settee and run 26.2 miles. She'd think, you know, I'm not being an idiot. But yet society is allowing us to be unprepared. It is allowing us to be uninformed. And actually awareness, education, but more importantly, preparation then has got to be the biggest way. It was po- pointed out to Sam and I by a, a doctor that we were talking to recently, a great medical practitioner, that we are, as women, the first generation who, apart from unless we do something stupid like walk out in front of a bus, we have the chance to be the first generation to have more of our lives in our post-reproduction than pre-reproduction. Mm-hmm. Now, that put into context, you know, it's great that we can live life longer but why would we want to live it at a poor quality of life? And yeah. now, you know, if we are to be wanting to swing from a chandelier instead of hang from it, why don't we actually give women the chance to get yourselves prepared for this? And, you know, eating well, exercising well, it's all part of this. We can't stop the menopause, but we can help women have a better experience through it. Absolutely. And you know, that to me is the crux of all this. And you might say that we're business savvy women, but, you know, there's been some great work done by your people like your Louise Newsoms and everybody else on yeah. advocating, come to the doctors, we've got all your solutions. You've got your Diane Danzi books, absolutely brilliant, going about the education. But if we don't get retailers, manufacturers, you know, brands, employers behind this, then they've got the big reach. They've got the thousands of employees who many of them are women. They've got the money to spend on advertising and campaigns and awareness. They've got the products that we're not needing all the time menopause-specific products. We're actually just wanting an easier way of finding them. And, you know, Sam and I in the early days, we were talking to a huge brand, which we won't mention any names of, but they were saying, oh, we think about menopausal women all the time. We think about midlife women. I said, well, 
can I stop you there? I said, because I went into your store and actually I couldn't find the menopausal products and I couldn't find the femcare because we're in the darkest depths of, of yeah. the floor. And I walked around. So I said, if you honestly thought about us, you'd realize that in this time of life, through no fault of our own right now, we might be sleep deprived because that's what happens with menopause. We might actually have brain fog. So we might come into your store and forget what we've come for in the meantime. We might be feeling overwhelmed and actually lacking in confidence and feeling a bit invisible. And actually, so how, how do you feel that putting your products where you're putting them is any help or benefit to us? If you've got in the psyche of us, and you know, Sam and I both said, you know, my daughter's a vegan before I go on to this conversation, so I haven't got any problems with veganism whatsoever. But there's only 1.2% of the population who are vegan in this country. And actually, you look at how much marketing is done on them, yeah. marketing to understand what their psyche is as well, and also marketing not to upset them. You might be a pro you might be a company who actually doesn't sell any vegan products, but you don't want to upset them either. So what I'm trying to say is they spend so much time and effort marketing to that audience. When there's 20% of the British population that are actually menopausal and how much time is spent on thinking about us, yeah. what we're experiencing, how we might need to be talked to, what we might need to be looking for. And certainly, actually, it would be nice to be seen, but actually then when they get onto it, how not to piss us off as well. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like, and so what we're trying to do, Sam and I, is not rocket science, but we're not an activism that's saying this is what we're meant to be doing. We're actually a positive collaboration of if we can all work together on this, mm. the benefits for it far outweigh the actual effort that needs to go in. And it doesn't, we as women don't need to be given a lot to actually be appreciative of it, which is a sad state of affairs. Yeah. But we're only asking the dial to be turned a little bit and you'll see so much better from us all. And yeah. I mean, I just agree with everything you're saying and, and I can see the passion and, and completely get where you're coming from and I can relate to your experiences. I was exactly the same. I, I think when, you know, I, I, I turned up the doctors at 46 in floods of tears, had no idea what was going wrong with me and they they went down that route of, you know, actually, I think you might be depressed and I wasn't at all. It was actually a time when I'd overcome all the, the, the difficult times I was actually having, you know, I'd found love again. I was in a really great place. And so that makes you feel even more lost because you think, well, hang on a minute, that's not actually how I feel it's just not quite right. But why is there still this stigma in society then? How can we get that changed? Because it is, it, it's almost like a dirty word, isn't it, for, for lots of people, the menopause. So how do we get past that? Sam, do you want to pick up on well, that? Well, I, 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 my, my experience, when I asked my mum why she didn't talk to me, her response was, I don't really remember going through it, Sam. I think I just got on with it. So I think one of the challenges is that Heather and I are the first generation that are starting to talk more openly about it. Our moms didn't. They just got on with it, uh, put their heads down and, and dealt with it. Um, I think it's fair to say. I think there's also from the conversations that we have had with uh, some of these big global brands as well, there is um, trepidation in talking about something that is as personal as the menopause. Uh, I think they are worried about brand risk. They are worried about getting it wrong. They are worried about alienating maybe their consumer. So I think there's a bit of that in the mix as well. Um, as we've said, it is a societal issue. I also think that we have to be mindful that it is different for different cultures. Uh, some cultures don't even have 
the word menopause in their language, in their vocabulary. So I think for a whole host of reasons, not every culture is comfortable or able to talk about it. And that brings a stigma uh, and that may take a little longer. I know certainly when we look at menopause across the different ethnic groups, uh, there are some ethnic groups that have a more challenging time with their menopause and that in turn creates um, some reticence to potentially talk about it. I think there's a whole host of reasons why it is a stigma, it is a taboo, but um, where we can start to open up the conversation, particularly in the workplace, where we can create uh, a psychologically safe environment to begin a conversation, I think that that will help. Mm. Yeah, and I think the fact that you have got the white paper as well is a really powerful tool to open up those conversations with brands yeah. and advertising, isn't it? Because that's the it, facts, it that's it the reality is. of how women are feeling. Yeah, and I, I've tested this because I, you know, I work at Innocent, um, I'm on the board of Innocent, and our average age is mid-30s, and we have a 50-50 gender split across our, our um, employee base, and I put our Gen M website on our internal comm system, and I shared the white paper, and it was pretty much across the board that the women had no idea what the perimenopause was, um, very, very few had even heard of it and it was actually the younger the men that were coming to me saying thank you so much Sam for giving me a tool now that I can start to have a conversation with I'm noticing that my mum isn't quite herself I'm noticing that my girlfriend's going through some difficult times I'm noticing that some of my colleagues at work here at Innocent are perhaps not themselves so it's 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 a tool to have that conversation because we've yeah. got to start there haven't we yeah, definitely. And it's interesting, my husband's actually just been on a, a menopause talk at work. Um, there, was a, there was a definite shift in his approach to me after watching it. And I thought that was really nice. He's been much more understanding because he knows where I'm coming from. And I think it's that that should just be mainstream, shouldn't it? It should just be a given that everybody gets, yeah. like I say, men and women and families just get the same information that's out there. How would you like to see, you, you said that you, you, you know, you'll be launching in full in June. So what else are we likely to see on the website? What other things have you got in the pipeline? Well, you're going to be looking actually, obviously, as, as I think from the conversation, we are we are so much more than a website. Yeah. We're actually delivering. So we're looking at the moment of bringing 48 brands along with us to represent the 48 symptoms, because even right now, you know, we, you've, you've talked eloquently with Sam about what we can do to change, you know, why, why do people not talk about it? Why is it a taboo subject? But everyone seems to be talking about, oh, we need to raise the word menopause and we need to talk about it more. But actually, our research showed that only between men and women, when push came to shove, they could only name between one and five symptoms of the menopause. Well, actually, there's 48. And mm. if we don't know what 40, those 48 are, how on earth can we start raising those conversations? So we're building to a big campaign in June. June, July, that will absolutely raise the awareness of the 48 with the 48 brands and everything else. And then what you'll see is the launch of a new part of our site, which is the menopause friendly store within a store, allowing these brands to come on board and showcase the products that they've been thinking about, that they think are very menopause friendly. We'll be working with them to make them. Again, it's not about the medical, it's, you know, everything will be passed off because they sell them anyway, but it will be allowing them to realise that 
when it's not rocket science here, just think more about these women. So a woman will not only just be able to go on our show and find be guided to all the best advice and the best products and, and menopause specific, they will be able to have that sense of relief that actually the brands that I've been absolutely thinking didn't see me, didn't hear me, didn't want me anymore, didn't think about me, are actually going, hang on a minute, we really are sorry, we're starting to understand this better, we're going to start thinking better, but for now, this is what we've got for you, I hope yeah. this can help. So so you'll see a lot more of, of changing that. And can I just add to the the last question, the, the 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 part about what more can we do? Yeah. Actually, we as women need to be talking about it more, but openly, not as in a knocking shop and as as an actual depressed depressed conversation. Actually, you know, the, the original word of the menopause, and you know, was called the change. You know, and I can even remember my grandma going, "Oh, you know, it's the change and everything yeah. else." Whereas the change to me, as a marketing person, summed up everything it does. The change is the change. What it means is everything in your life from this point onwards is going to change. And actually, we need more women to be aware that this isn't just about going and getting some HRT. You know, from the shampoo that you're going to use to the body cream that you're going to use mm -hmm. to the bedding you might sleep in to the clothes that you might go to work in. If you want to really get on top of this and be in control of your menopause rather than it controlling you, you are going to have to build and adapt your life accordingly. We're yeah. not in a make, do, amend society. We shouldn't be having women putting sanitary pads underneath their armpits to actually stop sweat. Yeah. We shouldn't be having them have to roll out tenor pads underneath the mattress just so that they're actually saving the mattress. You know, this is actually, we've got, you know, another good 30, 40 years of living. Why would we just put our lives on hold till we're through this? And actually, yeah. you know, one journalist said to me the other week, oh, you know, when you found out you're perimenopausal, you know, you must have thought, oh, my God, my mum's been through this and I didn't help her out and support her. And God, she's been through all this. You must have wanted to give her a big hug and, you know, say, I'm sorry, mum. I said, pardon. I said, I wanted to go around and slap her. I said, because two things. One, she'd gone through this by herself and thought that it wasn't for anyone else to share. She could do it alone. And secondly, she knew what sort of daughter she brought up who was wanting to embrace her life fully, committed work-wise, you know, my, you know, I've, I've yeah. given everything to my life and my kids to actually know full well that one of these days I was going to be hit by something. I was totally oblivious of her. I yeah. said, we as women, one, we need to talk about it more, but in a very positive way of calling it out. And secondly, I actually think, you know, we, we, we can't anymore just stop and just accept it. We've got to we've got to come together. And even now in menopause, you're seeing it all fractioned off, different fractions. We want to be the most inclusive conversation. As women, can we just not have one topic that we all unite on? And I say this passionately, and to any woman out there listening, I don't know whether it's our makeup and or anything else of how we work, but we seem to have to go into clubs and groups. And actually, you know, when I when when I had when I was privileged enough to be able to have two kids, you know, it was like breastfeeding or not breastfeeding. Yeah. Straight away, two yeah. camps. Yeah. Natural birth, cesarean. You know, school gate, working mum, non-working mum. You know, it was like yeah. everyone went into fractions. Can't we just in this twenty-first century society, when we've gone through COVID, when we've seen an epidemic, can we not come together on one? one problem and unite together on it and work together on it because even now it feels like it's hrt or not to hrt yeah and quite frankly i just want to be able to look in the mirror and think i'm going to do whatever it needs for me to go
go through my menopause and suit me. And I want my girlfriends to be able to do the same, but I'm not going to judge them on whether it's not cheating to take HRT or, you know, oh, bloody brilliant, you've done it all without, congratulations. It's actually what you need for yourself. And for us, Gen M is about providing a, a platform that gives women that informed choice to take control how they want to and mm. embrace their lives how they want to. If they don't want an ecosystem, if they don't want, if they want to carry on wearing the same makeup and letting it run down the face when they're having a hot flush, so be it. But don't let us say that there isn't something out there for you yeah. when actually you could make it better. So I love, me, honestly, I love your mission and you just talk so you. much sense to me. So how can people find you? What's the web website address? www.gen-m.com. I can't um, wait to see what you you both get up to with this because I think it's your message is really powerful and the work that you're doing is so needed. And, you know, I completely relate to what you're saying about those two camps of women. And we do all just need to get on board with this together because that then, we're, then we've got the real power, haven't we? If we can yeah, all unite in this. Yeah. And if you can't do it, if you feel uncomfortable for yourself, do it for your daughter, your niece, your work colleague below you, because actually, would you really want them to be feeling how we're doing right now? And quite frankly, I don't want to, and I'd hope you don't want to, and I hope many of your listeners there don't want to as well. So equally, have your women look at what we're doing, obviously use us as a resource, but share it, take it back to their companies, put it on their intranet or their internal comms, share it with girlfriends and go, actually, you know, just check this out. It's got everything you need there. Why yeah. do, Don't ask me, go and find it out for yourself, because... We have to take responsibility and, and, you know, no one's going to solve our menopause just by sitting at home, looking at a computer and just hoping things are going to happen. Yeah. Well, make it happen. well thank right. you so much. And I, I think I might have to get you back at another time to, to continue this conversation because I could talk to you for hours. So thank you so much, both of you. And I will share all the show notes afterwards as well. But great conversation. Thank you, ladies. Brilliant. And honestly, thank you, thank you to actually giving all the confidence you're doing, Rachel, to women of our generation that actually... This is your time to embrace life, not actually just it's not over till the fat lady sings or however we absolutely want to say it. it's yeah. there, there for the taking. So let's just keep doing what we're doing all together and um yeah. and unite when it comes to it. So thank Definitely. you very much. Pleasure to connect. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Thank you. See you later. Well, what a great conversation to be had with Heather and Sam, and I could have taught them for so much longer, so I will be inviting them back as guests on the Outsmore podcast in another few months, because I think we've got a lot more to talk about, discuss, and, you know, it's great for us all to be part of this conversation, and they're so right, as women, we really need to unite and get behind each other, because it's so important that we all support one another through this, and there is no one prescription that fits all, we are all experiencing this in our own way, and it's each unique experience, and I think we need to come together and support one another um, and so information is power isn't it and I love what they're doing and their message and I like that the work they do with the white paper really gives substance to this so um, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it it's, it's really powerful and, and what a great conversation so I hope that's left you feeling better and please go and look up Gen M I'll leave the website details on the um, show notes but you know it's a great platform to go and find out more resources and information and to find out what's going on so I definitely recommend you go and check it out I will be back next week with more inspiration but have a great week and I'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope you found lots of inspiration and it's left you with some midlife food for thought. How would you compliment yourself? I'd love to hear from you so I can share some love for all you women over 40. Please get in touch. 
email me rachel at out of the bubble you can also come and join the facebook page at step out of the bubble i'll be back next monday but in the meantime keep being fabulous